Hello, Alana Terry here. Welcome to the Successful Writer Podcast. We're talking again about time management tips, and I'm going to be sharing one of my favorite time management tips that's really helped me to become more productive and just have mental space in addition to getting things done. Because when we talk about productivity, a big component of that really is getting things done, but there's a whole other side to it, which is getting things done in a way that feels peaceful, that doesn't ruin your health, that doesn't sabotage your life, your family, your relationships. And time batching has been a great way, not only for me to get things done, but to just make sure that I have time for the things that I need to be doing and that my schedule isn't getting overtaken by busy work. Because I'm sure you've been there, I'm sure you know what I mean, where you have a book to edit but you also have 40 emails to respond to and a website issue to fix and a tweak to make in your KDP dashboard and ARC team reviewers to respond to and blah, 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 blah. And sometimes it's really hard because when you look at it that way, it looks like you have 20 things to do, but really 19 of them are all quick things that can take a minute or two each. And the one of them editing your book is the one thing that you actually need to get done and you need, you know, time set out, chunks of time to get that done. So that's where time batching comes in. So to show you what I mean when I talk about time batching, I'm going to use a homeschool analogy. And even if you don't have kids or even if you have kids, but you don't homeschool, I think it'll still help drive the point home. And so when my um, oldest kid was, you know, preschool, kindergarten, I was very much into let's find every single thing that will be good for my child's intellectual and academic development and let's do it every single day and so my ideal schedule would be like for 10 minutes we're going to do puzzles and for another 10 minutes we're going to build with blocks and for 20 minutes we're going to color and then for another 15 minutes we're going to listen to classical music and then we're going to read some poetry and it was just like all of these things that I had read were good for kids and their development And I said, okay, if it's good for my child, we got to find a way to fit it into the daily schedule. And especially when you're talking about a four and five-year-old and a mom with two other preschool and or infants, toddler kids, that's just not realistic. And so what I found for homeschool was this idea of batching. So maybe you even went to a public school where instead of like for our junior high, we tried this um, block schedule. So instead of having seven classes that were 45 minutes each, you know, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you would do these two classes for two and a half hours each and then, you know, smaller electives for an hour or whatever. And then on the opposite days, you would do other things. So basically, Instead of like a kid who's doing 45 minutes of math and then 45 minutes of English and 45 minutes of social studies. So like you show up, you sit down, you get a little bit of information and then the bell rings and it's time to go. You get to really go deep. So some public schools do this with some kind of like block schedule system. It's what a lot of homeschoolers also do. So like I have friends who Friday is their science experiment day and that's, that's all they do. And then they don't really worry as much about science during the rest of the week because they know that on Friday they get to cover it really, really, really in depth. And so we do some of this in our homeschool as well. Like it's a Friday morning while I record this. Friday is our kids' research paper days. They're older now. And so they're all doing research. I'm here recording. 
So it's not that I need to make sure that every single day they're writing, you know, 500 words or something, because I know that on Fridays they're going to go deep into, you know, the reports that they're doing research in. So that's kind of what I mean by batching. Instead of trying to do a little bit of everything, it's setting aside some chunks of time that are uninterrupted and really meant to get you deep into one activity. So I want to share with you how I started using time batching in my writing, and that's going to highlight, A, what it could look like, um, even though everybody's going to, you know, take these principles and work them into what works best for you, but also to show and highlight some of the benefits of time batching. So a few years ago, we're going on a little over two years now, my friend and I started a podcast about prayer. And so this was kind of a new brand, a new venture for me. I was moving away from, not moving away, but in addition to doing my fiction, I was adding to that a weekly podcast show. And my biggest concern going into this was I didn't want it to take time away from fiction. I was, I was kind of worried about that. And for the first year or two that Jamie and I were working on this other podcast and things, I went back and forth a lot. Like, I get really excited about this idea, but I know, you know, I really felt like my primary was fiction, not the nonfiction side of things. And so I really wanted to find a way to make the podcasting work without feeling like I was taking time away from my fiction writing. So I came up with what I thought was a great idea at the time, but turned out to be not so great. It was kind of like what I did with homeschool early on. So basically, I had this crazy schedule where it was like, okay, at least for 20 minutes a day, I'm going to be working on podcast stuff. And then for another 20 minutes, I have for emails. And then I have another 20 minutes that's just for checking in on ads. And then I've got two hours to write and two hours to edit. Like it was just really, really jumping from here to here to here to here. And my thought was, if I could do every single one of those things every single day, then I wouldn't fall behind. And it turned into being just very, very chaotic because every time mentally that you go from one task to another, you're taking quite a lot of mental energy, even if you don't feel it. So, and, and some, of, some of it's practical energy too. So along those lines, what Jamie and I did when we first started our podcast was we would record every Tuesday and every Thursday, we would do like one episode on Tuesday and one episode on Thursday, and we were just going to keep rolling them out. And basically, two things happen. A, it never really ends, right? Like, and if you miss a day, you're already behind and need to catch up. The other thing that happened, though, was it takes some setup time logistically, as well as, like I said, just mental time to get in the zone to be doing a podcast. So we had to get our office space set up because we were doing video. We had to get our notes set up. We had like four different tabs open each time we went to record. It might have even been more at the beginning. And so even just to record it, it would take maybe 15 minutes just to set up. Plus we would, you know, have to talk. And there was always this, you know, 10 minutes between when I get a text from Jamie saying, hey, I'm logging on to when... Like we were both on, we both had our office set up, we both had our notes open. Then it was another few minutes before we hit record, right? And then that's not to mention all the post-production things that had to happen. So like I was in charge of editing the video, she was in charge of editing the sound, I did the graphics, she put it on the website, and all of those things too. 
they take quite a bit of time to set up. And what we finally realized, we switched to this batching idea. So basically we said, okay, instead of doing one episode two days a week and never, never ending and always being on this, okay, Tuesday's a recording day, Wednesday's an editing day, Thursday's a recording day, Friday's another day, Monday's a day to get ready for next Tuesday and so on. We were just kind of on this never ending cycle. And so what we decided to do was, you know, let's just take two afternoons a week to record an entire month's worth of episodes. And if you think about it, the setup time to record one episode or to record six episodes is really no different. You still need to log on to the same stuff, open up the same tabs, get your office ready the same way, right? So instead of doing that, like, you know, eight times a week or a month, I mean, we're only going to do that twice a month. Same with all the post-production things, all of the software that you need to load up to get things edited. The, we were doing our images in canvas. So getting my canvas stuff set up, opening my files with the image templates, all of those took the same amount of time, whether I was editing for one or two episodes or whether I was editing for eight or 10 episodes. Same thing when Jamie would put the episodes up on the website. You're opening up the same tabs. You've got the same stuff right there. And so instead of doing this like multiple times a week, we are like, let's just do this once a month. And it ended out working out really well right from the get-go which is kind of my first foray into the world of time batching as a writer. You know, like I said, I had already kind of shifted that way a little bit for our homeschool stuff, but then realizing in my writing career, wow, this makes a ton of sense. So I'm just going to share a few ways that I have been using time batching for my writing world. And you can just glean from that what may or may not work well for you. There's you know, absolutely not one set way that it should work. But if you start thinking about batching your tasks, it can help you just plan your time more efficiently. So one really, really simple change that I have made is how I structure my to-do list. I used to structure my to-do list by project. So let's say I had a book to be edited, a book to get ready to publish, um, and then just the regular marketing things like email and stuff like that. I would put uh, columns in my to-do list. So this is everything I need to do to get this book edited. This is everything I need to do to get this book published. This is everything I need to do for my mailing list uh, this week or whatever it is. This is all the miscellaneous stuff I have to do. This is what I have to do for my finances, just, you know, with budget or bank or things like that. And when I did it that way, and if I were just to go boom, 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 you know, points down the list, it ended up that I might open up Word for task one. I might open up PayPal for task two. For task three, I might be back in Word. For task four, I'm in Gmail, but then I also have to go back to my KDP dashboard. So I was bouncing around a lot. And so now my to-do list is structured by what I need to be working in. So basically, if it's something that I need to do in Word, whether that's edits or, you know, making formatting tweaks or adding call to action, anything that needs to happen in Word. Now, I'm not talking about first draft. I'll talk about that in a minute. But all these little things, you know, like a reader sends you a typo and I don't go and fix that right away. I, I add it to my list. And then, you know, when I'm in Word and I know it's my like busy work in Word time, that it's, it's right there. And again, you've got it open, you're in that mindset, you can go boom, 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 down your task sheet 
and it's a lot more efficient logistically because all of your tasks are right there and also mentally because you're not bouncing from one project to another. So same thing with email. I might have five emails I need to get to and in my old way of looking at things, each of those emails would kind of be mentally and on my to-do list categorized in five different areas. So here's an email I need to send out for project A, project B, project C. Now I just make myself a column called like email or correspondence and everything that I need to do is right there, including like emails I need to respond to or something. So again, it seems a lot easier mentally to sit down and write or respond to 10 emails all at once, especially if you have a list of exactly what you need to do, as opposed to, okay, right now I'm working on this project and one of the steps in this project is email. Let me open up my email. Of course, you're gonna end up a little bit distracted. If you're like me, you're gonna read what's come in and stuff. And if you do that every single time you get to like every single project where you need to write an email, it can be a real big time suck. So that's kind of time batching for these little busy work tasks, which um, can really, really add up. And so batching some of these, even if all you're doing, you know, I'm not saying you need to set aside, okay, for 45 minutes every Wednesday is when I'm going to go into, you know, convert kit and do my emails. And maybe that's going to work for you. I'm not saying you have to though. But when you have a whole bunch, like sometimes I'm sure you know the feeling where there's like 50 little things and you know that like theoretically you should be able to start at noon and be done by two in the afternoon, but there's just so many of them it feels overwhelming. So even if you don't even structure your to-do list, but you just kind of structure mentally, okay, here's all the emails I need to do. Here's all the things in Word or Scrivener, whatever you use I need to do. Here's all the things with graphics I need to do. If you do it that way, it can really help you be both more efficient and also to avoid that mental back and forth bouncing around from one thing to another. So now let's talk about fiction. This is where I have started doing some real aggressive time batching. So starting at the end of 2018, when I was kind of doing some reflections, goal setting, stuff like that, trying to figure out what I want this year to look like in 2019, one of the problems that I ran into is I knew that when I was writing on, working on a first draft, I really wanted that to be uninterrupted time. But I also didn't know exactly when inspiration was going to hit to write a first draft. So I'm not the kind of person who like writes a thousand words a day. And as soon as I finish book one, I do my thousand words you know, of book two the very next day, just to keep that track going. I, I very much batch my first drafts. And, and that is something I have been doing for a while. I'm going to dive in, focus almost exclusively on writing my first draft, come back up. It's like a diver, you know, come back up for air, take care of all the other things I wasn't doing when I was working on this first draft. Um, and sometimes there's, you know, like three weeks in between. And basically, I, I wanted in my schedule to be able to plan ahead for when I would have these first drafts, because I've gotten to where, in addition to like the, the marketing and stuff like that, that I can fit into my own schedule, I've started to do a lot more collaborations. I have 
um, a couple different VAs working for me now. Basically, like I have a lot of meetings during the week and those get planned, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time. And my thought is, wouldn't I love to be able to say, okay, this week I'm going to be writing my first draft. So I'm not going to schedule any appointments, anything extra for the kids, you know, like no doctor appointments, nothing like this is just my week so that my schedule is totally open just for the first draft. And, and when I, when I do that, I just want you to know, I'm not saying that I'm writing like 10 hours a day. You know, I try to, on my first draft days, I try to do three or four half hour sprints twice a day. Um, and so when you add up the math, that's, no, that's not a lot of time, but I don't want anything else in between <laughs> because uh, it just, it takes a lot of energy out. And if I'm driving from here to here, or if I have to coordinate my draft times around when I know I have a phone call with somebody, it just, it adds stress. So basically my goal was I want a week, a month where I don't have any extra obligations at all like family-wise, appointment-wise, business call-wise, or anything like that. And I could just focus on the first draft. Now, the problem is I'm, I'm a disciplined writer, but I also try to be kind of gentle with my muse. And so sometimes it's like, well, if I were to set aside this week a month in advance, saying, no, I'm not doing anything this week, so I'm going to be writing my first draft. Well, what happens if I'm not ready to write a first draft that week, <laughs> you know, that was kind of my, um, my question for myself, like, how is this going to work? But I tried it anyway. So basically the first full week of every month I have set aside, blocked up in my calendar. This is my first draft time. We're only to April. So I guess we're on to four months of doing this. And so far it's worked fine. What I found was, yes, sometimes I do run into a dead end on one project and then I just make myself, um, Either I just plow through it if it's a minor thing, or if I really know I'm stuck, I don't push it, and then I just move on to another project. So I, I have a couple half-finished things that I'm going to come back to, like in one of my next first draft weeks. So I, I imagine that this process I have is going to keep on improving as I see what does and doesn't work. But it's been really, really nice for me to know that I've got this mental space one week a month to not have this outside extra stuff to worry about. And what I do is I plan my busy work things so that I know that I can take that, that week. Um, you know, like I'll still check email. I'll still go on to Facebook, but I also give myself permission. Hey, this email can probably wait, you know, or I'll tell, um, my VA, you know, I'm not going to be available here. So if you run into a question on this project that you're working on, just either figure it out yourself or wait, and we'll talk about it when I'm, you know, back into, my uh, my non-writing schedule. So it's working out well for me. Like I said, I'm probably going to keep on making iterations to this because it is a little hard with me. You know, I would love to be able to say, yes, this is exactly what I'm going to write this book start to finish. But again, I'm a little bit more of a uh, fly by the seat of your pants sort of writer. And so sometimes I do hit that brick wall and then I just make myself go to another project. So it's working out well so far. I'm not saying that every single person listening that you need to do it exactly like that, but you can be thinking to yourself, okay, how can I get myself some chunks of uninterrupted time? Maybe, you know, maybe for you, your time that's just for writing is, you know, one Saturday a month, 
or you know every night from eight to ten however it works it's just nice to have that time set aside just for your writing and that way you're making sure that your busy work isn't kind of taking over your entire writing career like I did uh, a time audit once where for two or three months I kept track of how much time I spent on writing editing and marketing and if I remember right the breakdown was something like 45% writing 45% marketing and 10% editing and you know it's it's really easy if you've been writing for a while to see how like that marketing and just the busy work and administrative stuff that can easily take over half of, of what you do now that I'm into ads more I'm sure my marketing side of things is you know a huge chunk of time and I don't I don't mind that like for me the ads and stuff I just find them really relaxing and so you know, if I have this, and that's the other thing that's neat about batching, it, it really is this idea of, okay, like a diver going down and then knowing that he's going to be able to come up for air, you know, so like we're not all spending, you know, five minutes underwater holding our breath and only getting one breath and going back down for another five minutes. So like with my writing schedule, if I have this real intense one week, I know that I've got three weeks after that where, yeah, if I, you know, if I'm three quarters done with my book. I'm I'll, and I I'm not stuck, you know. I'll write for you know several sprints a day, but that's not um, it's not the only thing I'm doing. And so I feel like okay, if I can make it through one week of real, real intensive, devoted writing, then I'm going to have a few weeks to recoup. And those few weeks to recoup are very important as well. So that's just a little bit about time batching. I hope that you are having a great week with your writing and that you're feeling real inspired and energized. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Successful Writer Podcast. Talk to you later.